Euro 2020 on the Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Winbet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Cause Light. When you're sweating out your bets, make sure to grab a matte and cold refreshment. Cause Light is cold lagered, cold filtered and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP for your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com and the promo code SGP. And finally, we're also brought to you by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store today. You are listening to part one of a Euro 2020 last 16 preview here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can also check out my website, lockbetting.com. I usually recommend people at this time of the month with only five days left in the month to sign up at the start of next month. Next month, we'll be going for our 90 Eighth month in a row of Transparent Track Profit. The 97th month looks in the bag. We've had a strong finish to the NBA this month with the Clippers coming through for us last night. And Euro 2020 is in a good position with our futures, some of them looking to cash before the quarter final round. So we will have 97 months of Transparent Track Profit and we'll be looking for the 98th in July. You can go and sign up for that. We'll have the end of the NBA season. We're still 100% on one unit MLB plays. We'll have the end of Euro 2020. And of course, we will have Wimbledon, which starts on Monday. If you do want to get my plays for the last 16, I understand um, people will want to go over to lockbetting.com, even if it is just for five days, but it will bill you for the entire month. So you'll get billed on the 25th and you'll get billed again on the first. Now, that obviously isn't too appealing. My soccer package is $60. My top package is $125. That will give you all sports. So it will give you the opportunity to get the Wimbledon futures as well. So it still is worth it. But if you don't want to do that, what I'm going to do for the soccer, what I'm going to do for Euro 2020 is I'm going to sell a $30 package on my Twitter. That's at SGP Soccer. At, at SGP Soccer. Reach out to me on my Twitter account to find out. Give me, send me a DM. My DMs are open to find out how I can get a $30 package for this weekend to get all of the last 16 picks. I get asked this question all of the time. If I want to sign up in the middle of the month, but I don't want to get billed on the first, there's nothing I can do about it. I use Patreon. It's a fully transparent service. That is my preference because transparency is so important. You have so many frauds on gambling Twitter. You have so many frauds doing this. I like to have all of my records there, and I like to use a site which allows members to communicate with each other. So it's 
it's kind of like a social media where I post out my PL, I post out all my picks and results, and you can comment down the bottom. There is no place for me to run and hide. Unfortunately, they have a weird billing cycle. So for these Euros, I am going to find a way around it, and this is it. So drop me a DM at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. And for $30, I will give you the entire last 16 card for Euro 2020. Now, this is going to be a different card to what my regular clients are getting. And here's why. We have futures pending. We have a load of futures pending that will require a lot of last 16 results to go away. We have done very well with what we put out at the beginning and we are in a good position to already make a profit immediately after the last 16. So with the tournament still having eight teams remaining, we will be in the black if everything goes to if everything comes to fruition. Now there will be some members, even at lockbetting.com, who have signed up in the middle of the month and may have missed the futures that we gave out at the start. These are going to be the plays that I would recommend that you get on board. So if you don't have the futures plays in terms of teams qualifying for the quarterfinals or the semifinals or whatever, these will be plays for brand new clients. So they won't be official plays that I'll be tracking because we are already going to go with what we've done and we'll be looking to possibly add some things and possibly looking to hedge some things to ensure that we make a profit because we invest in sports. We don't gamble on sports over at lockbetting.com. But this particular card will be as if you are not involved in any of the action. So if you are a lockbetting.com and you're not involved in any of the action, I will be posting this unofficial card for you. Now, some of these plays will be add-ons to the plays that we already have. So I'll make this very clear. I will post this post out and it will make it very clear on the post bets that are for everyone, existing clients and new clients who don't have the futures and people who are buying this card on Twitter or whether it is just for new people who are not invested in the futures. I mean, some of it is absolute common sense. Some of these futures we're not going to double down on. We need certain teams to desperately qualify for the quarterfinals, Spain, Italy being two of them. So if you see that on the card, that is not a double down situation. So I will make things very, very clear. It sounds confusing, but it's not. All I'll say is this. If you don't want to sign up for lockbane.com and get billed full whack for five days, DM me on Twitter and I'll sell you the card for $30. If you're over at lockbetting.com and you don't have the futures, there will be something put out for you as well, although it will not be added to our uh, existing PL because we will be blowing our bankroll and bankroll management is essential over at lockbetting.com. So that sort of take cares, takes care of the complications because this is a complicated period with a major tournament. I always try and plug it as hard as I can at the start of the tournament and say, look, get on board, get on board of the tournament, get on board of the futures. We have an 82% record in futures. You will make money with the futures. Get on board. This is a major tournament. We always make money on the tournaments. We always make money in the tennis tournaments, the soccer tournaments, when you're looking at the Champions League, the World Cups, the, the European Championships. But you always get those, those latecomers that decide to come to the dance late. And then we get in this kind of situation where people are looking to get involved in this tournament. People are now engaged in the tournament and they are looking for different plays in order to uh, in order to get some action on it, whereas we are sitting there with our existing plays and are not necessarily looking to double down. Yes, we may add a few things, but really we are in um, hedging territory at the moment, as I said, because we are in a very good position off the back of what we put out in the first place for Euro 2020. So moving on with the show, we're here to recap the group stage. 
We're here to look at the new futures markets and we're here to look at the first four last 16 games. That's going to be our primary focus here on the show. The recap is pretty short. Nothing really surprised me. Spain were the only favourite to not win their group, but we were able to take a nice hedge out on that with Sweden and we were able to double hedge on that when um, Poland got that game back to 2-2. So we ended up making a profit there anyway. That was really the only shock. And in terms of teams that got through, I don't think there's any major surprises here. Uh, I think Turkey were particularly bad and it may be a small surprise to see Wales here, but nothing else is really um, beyond anything that I predicted on the future show. And that can be the case when you're whittling 24 down to 16, you shouldn't really expect too many surprises. I mean, the Copa America is going on at the moment. That's ridiculous. That's whittling 10 down to eight. Completely unnecessary group phase happening at the moment, although we are having some success with it. We are on course to go 100% with our futures with the Copa America. So if you're making money on it, there's always a point. But actually, on paper, when you look at the controversy in terms of getting that tournament going, there really wasn't much of a point. But here, the tournament really starts now with the last 16. Looking at the group stage, um, Italy unquestionably have been the most impressive team. Now, I saw one website make them number one in their power rankings. Now, I understand Italy on an incredible unbeaten run. I even understand they've uh, they've won 11 in a row without conceding in those 11. That's an incredible run. But what's also incredible is they haven't played anybody of, um, of stature during that time. And it's very difficult for me to take Italy here on the form, and especially to say they're the number one power rank team when we actually have a, a real world ranking. And that's headed by Belgium, who are also 100% in this tournament, and say that Italy would be number one in the power ranking. The power rankings don't exist for me here. I think the odds are the odds. And looking at the odds, I think the bookies have got this right. You cannot look past France. France are the champions of the world. France have the strongest squad in this tournament. France have the strongest team in this tournament. So how can you look past France any more than, than anybody else in the power rankings when they are the best team who came through top of the most difficult group? They are rightly the favourites here at 4-1. to one, And England are rightly the second favourites here at 6-1, to one, joint with Italy, who won the website stupidly put number one in their power rankings. Italy have to come through a horrible quarter of the draw. Yes, they should get past Austria, but then they get the winner of Belgium and Portugal. And then if they get through to the semi-finals, they'll probably have to go through France, who have a very nice quarter of the draw where they'll have to place the winner of uh, Spain and Croatia if they get past Switzerland. Now, I don't think France are going to be worried about any of those three teams, which is why they are a strong favourite. As for England being the second favourite, I now believe that is the right case. Now, the right, the right, the right way to do things. Now, I don't want to talk too much about England on this show because we are dedicating this to to recapping, and we are trying to cover the first four games from the last sixteen. So I don't want to go way, way too much into England because I'm going to have an extensive preview of that England Germany game on the next show. So. This show, we're going to leave time to do the recap here and look at these futures markets. But on that show, that's going to be a longer show because the England-Germany preview will be extensive. Reason being, not just because it's England, but I do believe the winner of that last 16 game will end up in the final. So when you're looking at taking England or Germany in that particular game, I would advise you immediately now in the futures market, take either England or Germany to reach the final. However you think that game will play out, and I'm not going to talk about my opinions of it right now. I'm going to save it for the second show. But whoever you think 
is the team that comes through that tie. Bet them to go through to the final because I find it very difficult to see anybody beating and people will make a case for Holland. But this is a Holland team that have come through a very easy group and are missing a lot of key players. It would be a major surprise to me to see Holland, managed by Frank de Boer, making it to the Euro 2020 final. Moving down the list, Germany are slightly behind Italy here at 7-1. Spain at 8-1 with Belgium at 8-1 as well. Then Holland appear at 9-1. Massive price on Portugal here at 14-1. 18-1 Denmark and everybody else is bigger than 40 to 1. Portugal stick out for me here because they played very, very badly against Germany, but they've just gone toe-to-toe with France, the world champions. There wasn't really a, a team that you could say dominated that game. I thought it was quite level. I thought it was a very good game. Yes, Portugal needed two penalties, but you have to be in a position to win penalties to get penalties. And Cristiano Ronaldo, unfortunately for us, for our futures, is leading the goal market convincingly. Uh, you may as well call him Penaldo, though, because um, three of his five goals have come from a penalty spot. Now, when you're handicapping and uh, and trying to pick a top goal scorer, you can't really account for one team getting three penalties in the group stage alone. So it very much looks like Ronaldo will go on to be the top goal scorer. He is available eight to eleven. However, if Belgium do knock Portugal out, and we'll talk about that game shortly, then Ronaldo may be stuck on five, maybe six goals if he's scores in that game and it will allow others to get involved in the race so whether Immobile of Italy can go on a run uh, to the semi-finals maybe the pie can get through to the semi-finals perhaps somebody from Germany or England can wake up en route to the final uh, Karen Benzema has two goals Kylian Mbappe of France has none so far he's had a disappointing tournament there have been some players who have had a disappointing tournament. I would outline Mbappe as one of those players. I would certainly outline Harry Kane. Bruno Fernandes of Manchester United got dropped. So not everybody has turned up to the Euro 2020 party yet. But as I said, the tournament starts now. And for me, I still can't look past France. I couldn't look past France at the beginning. I can't look past France now. Although I do think it will be a more difficult game for France to face a wholly wholly motivated England if England get to that final at Wembley. Now, England have three out of four games at home in this late stage. So the last 16 is at home. They move away for the quarters and then the semis and the final will be at home. As I said, that's even more of a reason to take England to reach the finals. Whether they can do so or not is going to be down to the tactics of Gareth Southgate and I'll have a tactical breakdown in the next show in terms of how England can beat Germany and how they can beat Germany easily and how they can complete how they can completely approach this in the wrong way and leave them susceptible to this very average German team knocking them out and having this tournament be another major disappointment with the last 16 exit. So moving off the futures now and moving on to the first four last 16 games that will be played over the weekend. Two games on Saturday and two games on Sunday. And we are kicking off with Wales versus Denmark here. Five o'clock tomorrow, UK time, 12 p.m. East. Wales are the 19 to 5 underdogs here. It's 23 to 10 at the draw and it's 5 to 6 here on Denmark. Denmark are the favorites to qualify as well. You can get them here at 2 to 5 to qualify with Wales priced up as the 7 to 4 underdogs. For me, I think the momentum now is with Denmark. I think the momentum's been with them since the um 
since the game against Finland finished because they were obviously able to go away, get over the Christian Eriksen situation, come back. They went hell for leather against Belgium. They were unbelievable in that first half. Ran out of steam against a top quality team who could win this who could win this tournament. And then, of course, they ended up destroying the Russians in their next game. So they have played. Three very, very good halves of football since that Christian Eriksen incident. And had they not been made to go on 90 minutes later, had they just had to play the second half against Finland a couple of days later, they would have won that game as well. So I think Wales, I put them in a similar bracket to to maybe... I think they're better than Finland, but I think they're similar here to Russia. I think they have a better quality of player in terms of looking at Aaron Ramsey and Gareth Bale in terms of two players that are on a world-class level especially Bale and can change the game Russia don't really have that but around the rest of the pitch you have a similar situation where you have very pragmatic players who will sit in and try and do their job well try and make it difficult for Denmark to play with the large amounts of possession they have as Wales look to not get broken down in this game and try and hit something on the counter-attack Wales have been successful at finding the net as of late. Denmark have conceded as well in all three of the Euro 2020 goals so far. However, they have scored five goals in return and four coming in the last game. And I think that would be enough to see them through here. Wales lost both their Nations League clashes with Denmark in 2018. Uh, Yusuf Poulsen has scored in three of his last five appearances for Denmark. As I said, Denmark did concede in all of their group games. But here... um, I don't see it being that kind of game where it's where it's a shootout. Yes, a Wales could score, be it um, at any point in this game, but I think it will come against the run of play. And Denmark have shown they're susceptible conceding that kind of goal. They were dominating a game against Russia and Sopoli gave away a penalty. They were dominating a game against Finland and conceded a goal where Kasper Schmeichel made an error. They were well up in the first half and they ran out of gas in the second half against Belgium. So there will be chances here for Wales. And if they fall to the right players such as Gareth Bell, they could be vital here in this game, especially if they come early and and Wales score first, because they will go very defence-minded, even more so anyway than Robert Page will have them set up at the beginning. But I just don't think it's going to play out like that. I think um, any kind of Wales goal scored here will be um, via complacency, but I think it will come after Denmark have a fast start and find themselves ahead in this game. I think looking at a uh, player-to-player situation here, looking at man-for-man, Denmark are the better team. They have the momentum. They've managed to get over the situation with Christian Eriksen. They absolutely took the Russians to part. I think they have more gears, and um, I just think they win this game. I like Denmark just to get this done on the money line tomorrow. Obviously, we have a futures bet where um, we're looking for penalty shootouts and we're trying to identify as many penalty shootout games as we can to get us over the over 2.5 mark. This was a play that I identified on the um, on the future shows as well. But I don't think we're going to get one from the start here. I think Denmark are playing very, very well in this tournament. Despite only having one goal and two losses, they have a high expected goal rate. Only the Netherlands have generated a higher XG than Denmark, who have got 5.9 so far and look really good against Russians. Look, I'm not too much into the XG. It's a, it's a statistic that Americans like. So as this is primarily an American listenership, I try and mention it here on the show. Um, obviously, it's not completely meaningless when you're looking at a team creating a lot of chances because chances should be converted. And on any given day, 
those chances can be converted and they can be missed. Just let's just ask France. Look at France's tournament so far. It's um it's been a tournament where they've got safely through as the group winners, but in certain games they could have scored four or five against Germany. They could have scored four or five just in the first half against Finland. So I think at some team at some point this is a French team that's going to explode in this tournament, which is why I still like them to win it. But here for Denmark, they had their explosion against Russia and show what they're capable of do. And I see no reason to, to see, other than the fact that Wales are going to defend organised with a deep line, that Denmark can't penetrate Wales and, and go through comfortably here. I think Wales have done well to get to this point. Obviously, with the Ryan Giggs situation and Ryan Giggs not being here to manage them, that has been a disruption. And Robert Page has managed to overcome that disruption and take on Wales through when they were projected to finish bottom of the group. But I think a lot of that was down to just how bad Turkey were and I don't think so far Wales have done well but it's not been anything amazing obviously it's not comparable to their semi-final success of five years ago and I think the journey ends for them here against Denmark in this one so Denmark on the money line here for me up next we look at Italy against Austria now Italy we're not gonna we're not we're not be playing at home anymore this game will be played at Wembley tomorrow. So maybe that dampens some of their advantage here on paper. But Italy are on an incredible run at the moment. And it's very difficult for anybody to see them getting beat. I see a lot of people tipping Italy to win the tournament. They're 1-2 to to win this game on the money line. Uh, I believe they are the shortest favourite of the entire weekend. Or in fact, of the entire last 16 at 4-9 to nine here. It's 16-5 to, to join. It's 13-2 to two in Austria. Look, it's easy to see why Italy are this kind of clear, clear favourite. They have won each of their 11 games and they've won them to nil. This Austria team have failed to score in four of their last six, losing three of those. And, um, and, and it's just difficult to make any case for Austria at all. Italy on an incredible unbeaten run as well at the moment, which has stretched back a couple of years. In fact, if they manage to, to win this tournament... Uh, in September, it will be three years. So it's actually closer to, to three years than it is two years. It's now exactly 30 matches that Italy have gone unbeaten. And as I said, they've not conceded any goal in their last 11 matches and have won all of them. It's difficult to oppose them here. But the one thing I will say, if you look at that run of games that they've gone unbeaten, it hasn't been the strongest opponents possible. So they haven't mixed with European the European elites, which they're going to do if they get past this game because they are playing the winner of Belgium versus Portugal. So Italy go through here in this one. I think they get through to nil. I think they managed to extend that run to 12 games with uh, out conceding and winning 12 in a row. But then I think it will get a little bit more difficult for them. I, for me, I don't have Italy as my favourite or my number one power, number one power rank team. Yes, it's a phenomenal run. And Mancini has done a phenomenal job salvaging this Italy team from where they were and where they are now. But to take them here as a tournament winner, I'm not too sure. To take them here to win this game, yes. To take them to keep another clean sheet, yes. I like all of that. I do think, I will say one thing, I do think Austria will make this a little bit more difficult than people are saying. People have this as a complete automatic and you just can't see that in soccer. When you do that and you're dismissive of a team, especially a team that have won two games and look very, very solid against the Ukraine, uh, they outplayed Macedonia completely. In the Holland game, I think they got tactically mixed up in terms of how they were going to play. 
And um, I think one thing to look out for tomorrow, which is very important when these team lineups come out, is where is David Alaba? Because this is a player that is so talented. He can play on the left side of defence. He can play uh, left back, he can left left centre back, he can play left back. Uh, he can play in defensive midfield as a holding midfielder. He can play on the attacking side of the left. So, so many positions. In fact, I can think he can play anywhere except in goal and as a striker. He may be able to play as a striker, I'm not sure. And this kind of um, puts David Alaba out of any conversation for the World Eleven because you're looking for outright players. You're looking for a, an outright centre back. You're looking for an outright left back or an outright holding midfielder. So Alaba sometimes as a utility man doesn't get put into these conversations, but he's so talented and so important. And in the uh, the two games that Austria won, he was deployed in a more attacking sense. And in the Holland game, they got very, very conservative and pragmatic and tried to, to contain Holland, which they failed to do. I think it will be interesting to see where David Alaba plays, not because I think it will improve Austria's chances, but it will dictate what kind of game we will see. So whether, if he ends up playing... In, in a more attacking role, Austria could end up scoring in this game. I'd be more worried about that and I would sort of be leaning more towards Italy and under three and a half and under four and a half. But if he's deployed in a defensive role again, which I expect him to be, um, then I would think it's going to be a case of Austria trying to frustrate Italy, sitting back and trying to create chances on the counter-attack and uh, that's going to be a very, very boring game to watch. Although Austria could make it more difficult for them, for Italy than, than people think in terms of being able to contain him for a for a long period of this game. I do think ultimately Italy are in too good a form and have too good a players to manage to um, be, be stifled for a full 90 or 120 minutes. And I certainly don't think they will concede a goal in those circumstances. So look for Alaba. My gut is that they do go defensive. My gut is, is that it does take Italy some time to break this team down so I'm looking more in the 1-0 2-0 region as for Italy to to stuff this team and look really really good because as I said competition starts now and I do think things will get more difficult for these sides up next we move on to Sunday the five o'clock kickoff it's the Netherlands versus Czech Republic where the Netherlands are available seven to ten on the money line three to one on the draw and it's three to one here or a four to one here sorry on the Czech Republic this looks very straightforward as well to, to, to people, but obviously this is a bigger price on the Netherlands than it is on the Italians. They have looked excellent so far as they top their group with a perfect record. They have scored eight goals in three games so far. While the Czechs impressed against Scotland, they struggled when they came up against higher opposition. Now, in the Croatia game, obviously, they went ahead with a penalty that never, ever was. Had that penalty not been given, you don't know if Croatia would have gone on and won that game. England did go on beat the Czech Republic without looking particularly good. The Czechs did create chances in that game. Holland's defending, despite having two clean sheets, I think will be more tested here, especially with uh, Patrick Schick, who's got the goal of the tournament. It wouldn't be surprising for me to see him causing Holland some problems. But ultimately, I think Holland go through. I think when you're getting this price at 7-10, to 10, uh, or anywhere between 7-10 to 10 and 4-6, to 6, 150, minus 150 on the money line, I don't think you need to shop around too much in looking at both teams to score, overs, unders, all this kind of stuff. I think the value is just there. If, you've, if Holland are going to 
win this. I think they're going to win this in the 90 minutes. I think their attack is going to be too much. Um, one one little prop that I will look at here is uh, if Holland to win and Georgie Wijnaldum to score. Now, Georgie Wijnaldum is is jeopardising our Memphis Depay to be Holland top goal scorer bet because I wasn't expecting Georgie Wijnaldum to essentially be playing in front of the striker at many times. He's coming in in an old school Frank Lampard role and it's coming into a lot of loose balls and scoring goals. Now, obviously, we don't want this to happen. This could have been very different in the last game had Memphis Depay scored his one-on-one chance. Instead, it was saved by the keeper and it fell straight to Wijnaldum who was there instead of Weghorst, who's actually the Dutch striker. So Wijnaldum, with the way he's playing and what he's doing, is representing some solid, solid value coming in from the midfield and picking up the scraps and scoring goals. And I don't see that changing in terms of Wijnaldum getting ahead of Weghorst for these rebounds or getting into the box for scoring opportunities. And I think it will be difficult at this point for Depay to overtake him because obviously he's a wide player who's trying to cut inside. And the opportunities to to cut inside and 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 rip teams apart for like as the likes of Messi and Ronaldo and Kylian Mbappe like to do. Depay's that kind of player. It's a little bit more difficult as the games get a little bit tighter. So I think this will be our, our real last chance here for Depay to really shine and to um, and to take a team apart and to look really exceptional in this competition as the games get a little bit more tight. Although. If it is, then if it does end up being Denmark and Wales, I uh, sorry Denmark and Holland, I do think that will be another open game. But uh, ultimately, if we look ahead, I think Holland's tournament could end up end could end up finishing in the semi final stage. But that's fine with us. We are carrying that Holland semi final ticket, which I mentioned at the start of the tournament. I did say they would have an easy route, and I did project this kind of game. So there's no reason for me to get off the Holland train now. I think I like the value on them here on the money line. I'm just a little bit worried about our one particular future with Georgie Wijnaldum getting into such good positions in the box. And I'm just hoping that Memphis Depay can score some goals for us here on Sunday to carry the Netherlands through to that quarterfinal against either Denmark or Wales. Final game we're going to look at, and for some people, this is the game of the round with Portugal and Belgium. Now, this one could play out in in two very different ways. It could be a case of uh, Portugal recognising the threat of Belgium, as they have done with many, many big teams, and neutralising it, which is why Portugal won the Nations League and why Portugal won the last European Championship. However, if the two teams try to play to their, their normal style and the best of their ability, we could see an incredible game here between two very talented attacks with players like Ronaldo and Fernandes and uh, Kevin De Bruyne, Neden Hazard and Lukaku all on the pitch. We could end up seeing a, a shootout. Now, statistically, we should see that shootout. Both teams should be able to find the net here in this game. Belgium, um, for another reason, looked atrocious at the back against Denmark and they face a Portugal side spearheaded by Cristiano. Ronaldo. Portugal have scored seven goals so far, but they did ship four against the German side that employs a similar system to the Belgians. So if the game does open up here and if Portugal don't make tactical adjustments, we could see a shootout. I think, unfortunately, they will make those tactical adjustments, but I also think that may be enough to see them through. For me, they could be the dog here that manages to get through. They are 2-1 to one to win this in 90 minutes. 23-10 to draw 7-5 on Belgium. The outright price in this match 
sees um, Belgium as the four to six favourites to qualify with Portugal available here at six to five. I think there is some value on Portugal. I think this is an even matchup coming into the tournament. I think these were evenly placed. Both teams have their issues. Um, Portugal, I think for me, it's managerial in terms of the negative tactics of this manager. In some games, he really should go out, go out and let his team play and express themselves. Uh, I think if you're not getting the best out of Bruno Fernandes, a player like that who's been so influential at Man United, the, the problem is you. It's not necessarily the team or Bruno Fernandes. And I, I think it's difficult to criticise him because he's had all of this success and they're obviously not going to sack him. I just don't think this Portugal team should be playing in this way. As for Belgium, we know about all of their attacking assets despite the fact that they're not 100%. Obviously, Hazard is Hazard now. Um, he's not the same player. Kevin De Bruyne came in with that facial injury, but when I've seen him play so far, he's looked decent. Um, Lukaku's doing everything that I said he would do. He's just not the top scorer of the tournament because Ronaldo keeps getting penalties and as long as Cristiano Pinaldo keeps getting penalties, he's going to win end up stealing this golden boot away from our selections because you cannot cap around somebody getting three uh, penalties in three group games. It's a little bit ridiculous and um, un unfeasible, but that's what's happened. So in one sense, we'd like to see Ronaldo out of this competition to free up our top goal scorers. In another sense, we have Portugal to uh, as one of our Group F teams to win the tournament. We'd like all of the Group F teams to remain in the tournament, um, with, um, with the exception of, um, of Germany, of course. So as I'll be rooting for England in that game, I would like to see Portugal get through. Otherwise, I've taken a 17 to 10 price on France um, as uh, by taking the um, the Group F team to win this tournament, as opposed to just taking France outright 5-1 to one at the beginning, currently available at 4-1. to one. So I would like one more dog in the race as we get down to the last A. And I don't think it's just a sentimental pick. I do think Portugal will be able to stop this team. Ben, Belgium, as we said, were, were weak against Denmark at the back. They do have weak players. The matchup between Ronaldo versus Vertonghen and Vermaelen for me really stands out and um, they obviously Ronaldo's not as quick as he was but I think at 36 years old he's quicker than these guys and look this isn't a normal 36 year old that 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 thing with the coke bottles that wasn't a publicity stuff this guy's a freak he, he drinks water he eats he eats um, skinned skinned chicken with with no sauce um, he, he trains when he gets home. He trains for hours afterwards. If you look at his um, his age of 36, he's probably physically closer to 26 than he is 36. This guy will play past his 40s. The reason he's not looking at an MLS move now, which is where I think he will go because of the commercial success that Ronaldo can be in the MLS is just unbelievable. I don't think he needs to go there till he's 40. I think he's that fit. I think he's beyond LeBron James. He's beyond Ibrahimovic. He's going to be beyond Tom Brady. Just just see what kind of freak this guy ends up being. I don't I don't think there's any issue with him being 36 years old at all. It doesn't put me off. If he was coming to Manchester United and we had to pay a hundred million for him now, I wouldn't have an issue with it. Um I, I think he's I think he's that good and I think he's proved it in his tournament. Yes, he scored penalties, but he's been an outright threat as well throughout. And um I think there's more goals in Ronaldo, unfortunately, for our futures, uh, in terms of top goal scorer, but good for our futures in terms of a group F winner. And uh, any separate bets we've got that need Portugal to advance it. I think this is going to be a difficult game for Belgium. I don't think it's going to be cut and dry. It's been cut and dry so far in the group stages with the opponents that they've played. But this is a different breed. This is the nation Nations League winners. This is the current. These are the current European champions. They have quality all over the pitch. 
And um, look, just from Ruben Diaz of Manchester City playing in your back line, Bruno Fernandes potentially not being able to get into the team, Cristiano Ronaldo playing against you. This is different. This isn't this isn't Denmark. This isn't Russia and this isn't Finland. And two of those games were an absolute gimme. And even for long periods when Finland sat in, it was a little bit more difficult for Belgium to break them down. Look, and the, the, this makes a bit of a mockery of the world rankings as well, because I in no way have Belgium as the number one team in the world. And I think I don't have Belgium as the winners of this tournament either. I think at some point they're going to get caught out here, especially with this back line. If it isn't Portugal, um, it could be Italy. If it isn't Italy, then the rematch of the World Cup semi-final against against France will happen again and I think that will be the stage that Belgium end up going out I don't see them winning the tournament and I think it could end for them here as early as this game I think Portugal are a live underdog here and I like them at plus 120 to be able to knock out this Belgium side so they are your first four games here the next four games we're going to cover they take place on Monday Tuesday and no, sorry, that's it. Monday and Tuesday. So Monday and Tuesday, they are Croatia versus Spain, France versus Switzerland, England versus Germany, and Sweden versus the Ukraine is the final game. So I'll be covering all of those on a, another show. I will particularly be focusing on England and Germany. We'll be having an extensive breakdown of that in terms of how I see it playing out tactically, what I think Gareth Southgate can do, how Germany can win that game. And as I said on this show, I think if you like a winner of that game, then just back them outright to reach the final because... I, as much as Holland have had a good tournament, as much as I'm happy that Holland have had a good tournament because I saw them um, getting through to the semi-finals, I don't think that they can beat England or Germany. In fact, it's a tough route for them there anyway in terms of there's no gimme between them beating the Czech Republic and then beating the winner of Wales and Denmark. I would go as far to say as this Czech Republic game that they're coming up with next is the most difficult game that they've had. I think that Czech Republic are a more difficult opponent than the Ukraine and Austria and uh, they are the strongest opponents that the Netherlands have faced so far, although the Netherlands have overcome every single obstacle. So I do think they'll get past the Czech Republic. Netherlands versus Denmark will be interesting if it is Denmark that go through. But uh, I, as I said, I don't think anybody is a match for the, the winner of England versus Germany if that ends up being the, the semi-final. As for the other side, there is a big, big lopsidedness. That was identified by everybody, even even casual soccer watchers. Like I, was, I just did a podcast with Ryan and Sean on the Sports Gambling podcast and they immediately identified that one side of the draw is significantly weaker and that is 100% true. The other side of the draw is significantly weaker because this side that we're talking about here has Belgium, has Portugal, has Croatia and Spain, has France, uh, has Italy. So that's a side you don't want to be on. And that's not the side that England and Germany are on. So that's why I'm saying to you, um, if you're looking at that game, I'll tell you now before we even preview it, look at who you think is going to win and um, just pick that team to reach the final. I'd be very surprised if that doesn't end up being the case. And uh, we don't see one of these teams there. Although, I would have more faith, unbelievably, in England than Germany in terms of not messing that up because this Germany team, they look good. They look like they could beat you um, quite quite convincingly like they did against Portugal with the personnel that they have. And it's difficult to look at this personnel and, and, and say that they're a bad team. But at the same time, the way that they're conceding goals and the way that they conceded those goals against Hungary, it's easy 
for me to see England rip them apart. So I cannot wait to, to preview that. Cannot wait to get round to those four games. But uh, that's it for this show where we've done our first four games here for the last 16. Don't forget the Copper America is coming to the Soccer Gambling Podcast. We are currently covering it exclusively on International Daily over at lockbetting.com. But the group stages are coming to an end. Hopefully, if you subscribed, you have um, you have managed to land that first futures pick, which was uh, Brazil to finish top of their group and Bolivia to finish bottom of their group. I'll make no secret about it. Uh, we do want to see a Brazil-Argentina final and we are riding a future on Brazil. Uh, that was put out initially at 5-4. to four. It's now available at 4-6 to six, and it's a very, very good position. Brazil are just um, three games away from winning that. So the Copa America will be covered shortly here next week on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. But until then, that's it for me. Good luck with all your bets as always. And thanks for listening.